Hey guys, Joe Miles here with ICO Gear. This is the Mission Whitetail Podcast. We're going to be doing a deep dive into what it truly takes to kill these mature bucks. We're going to step outside the box and look at the why for gear, tactics, training, and more importantly, the mindset from over 35 years of chasing these magnificent animals all over North America. Thank you for following along and welcome to Mission Whitetail. Welcome back, guys. Mission Whitetail, episode number 38. Got a really cool guest today. We are going to talk about, again, I thought uh, th- we, we were this ship had fully sailed, but somehow it keeps popping back up. We're going to talk about the heavy light era debate that's out there. Got Zach Waterfield with W&K Archery out of North Carolina and Virginia with us. Zach and I have known each other really through social media and, you know, talking a good bit over the last few years, really, uh, about arrows, arrow setups, penetration, and have done a lot of tests and, and a lot of congruent tests. You know, he's done some stuff and we followed it up. And and so, Zach, how's it going, man? Great to have you here. It's going good, man. I really appreciate you having me on. Um, actually, in the middle of doing tests and running around with the kiddos, so... It's yep. like, you know what, hey, we got to get this done when we can get it done kind of thing. That's right. And it's Labor Day, so I really appreciate you taking time away from, from a day off to hop on the podcast. So we we greatly appreciate that. And, guys, just, just to reiterate my point, Zach has been doing testing and, you know, run archery shop and really gone down the rabbit hole with arrows. And uh, if you can see the, the, the screen behind him here, he's got about – 10 recurve bows sitting there and uh he's just a let's see what dr ed ashby full reports yes yeah so he's he's read the (laughs) ashby report from front to back and and you know we're not here to bash that no at all but but the thing is is to educate yourself right yes yes absolutely that's the thing is is to educate yourself and not just follow somebody randomly that, that doesn't have the credentials that you're looking for. If, if you're interested in shooting elephant in Africa, th- then you need to be following somebody that has shot a lot of elephant with bows in Africa. If you're interested in shooting whitetail deer with your bow and arrow, you need to follow somebody that's been <laughs> shooting a lot of whitetail deer over the years. Um, so, so th- th- that's the point, but, but, you know, always we like to dive right in. So Zach, tell us, your perspective on the whole heavy versus light arrow debate, if you will. So, and I've, I've personally gone to both ends of the extreme. I've, I've hunted and been successful with a sub 400 and a thousand grain plus on still white tail size game. There's a balance. And that's the big thing that I see a lot is there's people want to go to the extremes. You know, there's, there's somewhere in the middle, there's a nice balance. And, um, it really also depends on where you're, where you're living at. You know, if I'm here in North Carolina, you know, we're hunting 20, 30, maybe 40 yards and you got somebody chasing, you know, whitetail out in Texas or muleys or something like it's, it's a different environment. There's a lot of factors that go into that. Um, that, I mean, you want a specific kind of setup where I think that a lot of folks are kind of successful. They can honestly, you're, you're a prime example. Um, 
you yeah, yeah i mean let's talk let, let's let's get into the heavy side of things to start okay. and then we can get into kind of the ideal but you know it, it came on online and i don't i don't mind mentioning because i think he's done some good stuff for archery mm -hmm. you know the ranch ferry and yep. I think he's done some good stuff as far as tuning learning your equipment um you know, from from a from a whitetail hunting perspective, I think it's that that real heavy, extreme heavy stuff has kind of steered people the wrong way. That's that's my personal opinion. But let's talk six hundred and fifty grain plus eras, advantages and disadvantages. What 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 are your thoughts there? So going, you know, get up to that you know that six hundred fifty that heavy bone threshold type arrow. Um, you know, there's always going to be archery is always a give and take. And you get up to there that 650 grains, you know, some of the, the benefits there, you know, you're, you're shooting a heavier arrow out of the same bow and you're getting a little bit more energy out of that bow by doing so. It's making the bow a little bit more efficient. So you're going to have a heavier arrow with more energy. It's going to, by physics, you know, penetrate better than a lighter setup. So if you're a guy that hunts 20 yards, 30 max, and I've hunted in Guam where it's, you know, 20 yards, heavier arrow there's not a whole, whole lot of drawbacks when we're talking short game distance. And again, depending on where you're at, you know, hogs in Guam versus whitetail in North Carolina, then whitetail hogs don't stop moving, but whitetail can just move like that. Yeah. So there's some disadvantages there because of the loss of velocity, the increase height in that trajectory, time to target. So, and again, everybody's wanting to build these arrows to, break bone and the way i kind of look at it is if you're going to build an arrow to break bone you're probably going to hit bone mm -hmm. so and at that point if that's going to happen then you're probably going to want a stout setup if you're intentionally aiming for bone or you know your your velocities you know recurve speeds where they can really react and you're aiming real forward to that leg you have a high chance of hitting bone what what would you say the, the penetrate like in all my testing um and, and again it's it's not on dead animals because i don't think that's very consistent it's not a consistent medium because you're going to hit them different every time but whether it be targets or these moles that we've made or cardboard or plyboard i have not seen a significant uh better penetration out of a 650 compared to say a 450 what what is i mean based on science how much better is that 650 supposed to penetrate and that's something that we don't there's not a number out there a way to verify like how much more you're going to get i mean physics tells you heavier more mass with the same amount of energy dr stephen blessing said it's it's going to out penetrate something lighter with the same energy kind of thing but how much more like is there an exponential difference there's no way to really test that and testing on an inconsistent medium to find that difference. That's kind of, to me, useless in a sense. I mean, it's great information. Any test is valid in its own way. It provides data, it provides feedback. Um, but, you know, are you going to get another inch? Are you going to get six inches? Are you going to get a half inch? Like there's no way to tell, especially on an animal and even shooting on dead animals. You've taken the two biggest factors out of that animal is, one, the reaction that animals don't react. And then two, we're always trying to shoot them, you know, in that leg, in the thoracic cavity, through the shoulder muscle, the vital V, that's load bearing on a live animal. Mm -hmm. It's a reacting muscle. So you take that out of the equation 
at that point, can you look at stuff like gel, bone, foam, all that to do a comparative analysis between two different arrows? Sure. It'll never correlate, but again, you shoot a thousand animals a thousand different ways, you're going to get 10,000 different results. There's just no consistency there. Yeah. And, and that's the, you know, that's the, the crux, right? I mean, that's the problem with, with all of this and we continue to try and figure it out. Um, and, and, you know, what, what Ashby did with his reports, you know, he shot a lot of live animals mm -hmm. in Africa, a lot with recurves, a lot mm -hmm. with older equipment and a lot of dead Buffalo, because, you know, you, you can't shoot 50 Buffalo, 50 live Buffalo or, or the average guy can, I guess some billionaire could, but yeah. you know? <laughs> I ain't got but, that money, <laughs> but, but yeah, but, but the, even then you're going to hit it different every single time. Oh yeah. So, so that is the, the issue. So, so in, in all the testing I've done, so, so we can agree, I, I think you and I and, and the majority of people can agree, a 650-grain era shot out of the same bow as a 450-grain era, tuned correctly, blah, 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 it, it should penetrate better, or it will, based on science, penetrate better. It has, it's by science, by physics, it has a greater penetration potential. And that's the thing when we look at this stuff, and it's kind of like a, like a cover your cover your rear kind of statement you always got to say potential you can't say it's 100 going to penetrate because again when i look at you know when you've done tests i've done tests it's the comparative analysis 650 grain arrow 450 grain arrow if that 450 up penetrates at 650 and nine out of ten consistent mediums then the correct way to look at that is arrow a that's 450 would have a greater potential in an inconsistent medium Versus the arrow B, not to say that that arrow won't still outdo the other one because it's an inconsistent medium. Right. So it's not 100%, oh, it's always going to be that one. No, it, that can work sometimes too. Yep. It's we're just comparing here. Yeah. And, th and then you look at, then you look at the negatives of the 650. And, and this is where I think people are putting blinders on. Oh, yes. You, you know, they're, they're, they're thinking, okay, penetration, 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 in case I hit a leg bone or whatever it may be, I, I, I got to get this maximum penetration. The, the drawback, you know, you've got trajectory, you've got speed to animal, um, and, and you've got arrow in flight, right? W would you agree that the longer an arrow in, is in flight, the more human error shows up? Oh, absolutely. And that's even with me, you know, going to the extreme shooting a thousand grain arrow and I had a three pin sight. Um, that bow is 75 pounds, 28 inches, 1015 grains going 180 foot a second. Now we're in traditional realm. Sure. And I had that sighted 10, 20, 30, and I could fit my thumb in between each pin all the way down. So that air has got a lot of hang time going there, even 30 yards and, you know, knowing how the air is going to arc. It's going to be in flight longer. You have a lot higher chance of completely missing that animal or that animal just turning and looking and going, ah, nope, especially whitetail. And you know, yeah, I know the big thing here is, is whitetail, like hogs, different, different ball game, different animal for, for sure. And that's animal. what we're focusing on is whitetail because, you yep. know, a lot of times if guys aren't in food plots or on field edges, you know, they're in the timber and yep. you've got to shoot over and under limbs and, and you, you saw that test we did where we were shooting through that paper jig and I couldn't shoot, I couldn't shoot the 60 yard target through my jig because I couldn't get it tall enough. No, I couldn't get it high enough 
for, for the arc. So, you know, not that we're going to be slinging arrows at deer 60 yards in the timber, but, right. but you know, even 40 yards was extreme, the, the, the difference at 40 yards. So you, you've got the trajectory factor, which is a, a positive towards the lighter arrow. Mm -hmm. You've got time to target. Now, a lot of guys argue you're not going to outrun the, the, the springing or the dropping of a whitetail. And I get that, but yeah. inches matter in our sport. Oh, yes. So and, and that's you, the thing. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So, and that's the thing that even, even let's say we're sticking to 40 and under and we're in the timbers again, a 450 versus 650. Is there a huge paramount difference between a 450 and a 650 out to say, 30 yards not really 40 we're starting to see that that difference really show up but again you're in the timbers it's starting to get low light we see them big branches we don't see them little scrub branches sticking out so you think you got a clear lane from something that you can't you know remember you've been sitting in the stand all day and you're looking and you take that shot if you don't have that flat trajectory or as flat as you can get it you're kind of putting yourself at a disadvantage you know to a degree and that's one thing too, again, and then you're like, well, is that 37 or is that 42? Is that 35? Is that 30? That you get up heavy enough, you drop that velocity down enough, stay short uh, draw length or low poundage. You don't have a lot of velocity to begin with that you're really putting yourself at a disadvantage to now misjudge that animal completely, especially a whitetail because the reaction time is so fast and we're never going to beat it. We, we hear those arguments and we agree, we get it. You're not going to beat it. But you can still try to stack things in your favor so that if you are, it's always the Indian, not the arrow. If you're off a little bit, that little bit of velocity that, you know, reduced mass per se can actually make or break the shot for you. Of course. I mean, if, if it gets there, you know, an inch, if you will, faster, mm -hmm. than a heavier arrow, that, that can be the difference in killing him or not killing. Oh, high long versus center punch. Yeah. Yeah. With, with, with without a doubt. With, with, so, so you've got the trajectory on your side, you've got the speed to animal on your side, you've, the, the arrow is in flight short, a shorter amount of time. So human error, which is every single shot, human error is a factor. It's yep. not going to show up as much. So, so in essence, in a hunting situation, you're going to be far more accurate with a, with a 450 than you are with a 650. Oh, ab absolutely. And again, all the guys that you know, want to say that, well, well, my 650 are stacking at 40 yards. Well, if you're, you can stack any arrow at any distance, if you put the practice in, I mean, I was stacking the thousand grain arrows at 30 yards, you know, golf ball group at 30 for an arrow going 180 feet a second in that trad, uh, trad realm. Like as long as you practice with it, you can make it accurate. But again, just putting that group together is not accuracy in itself. There's a lot of factors in there. A so, lot of factors. Yeah. We're, we're talking about hunting. Um, and, and there's a reason why target shooters aren't shooting 700 grain arrows on the 3d circuit. Now I know right. 3d is not hunting, but those guys are trying to be as accurate as they possibly can. And there's a reason why they're shooting much more moderate arrows is it's because of the yardage misjudgment, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and trajectory they get. Yeah. And that's the thing. And, I think 3D you guys that compete in 3D. I haven't been in the competitive scene. I'm I'm getting my way there, but I mean shooting 3D is that's why a lot of these top guys, Levi Morgan, all of them, they're they're surgeons when they hit the woods because they're practicing on that animal. It's that you're you're not just looking at a you know 
feet a target, you know, big old circle bullseye. Like, no, you're actually looking at the animal. You're having to learn like, all right, that's at 45, like not 40. Cause a lot of guys are like, Oh, well, I just, I'll gap it. That that's another topic, but it's like, <laughs> you know, you got You got to find that balance in there. So, and again, being able to put that arrow where you want it to go, even when you messed up is, is crucial when you go from the 3d field to the woods. Yep. Without a doubt. And, and you know, and then, then you can look at the extremes. Like, Joel, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. Joel did that test the other day with the, with the fish era, the 1,000-grain fish era versus the 450-grain era, and, and the penetration wasn't even wasn't, – wasn't even close. The 450 way out penetrated, and, and that would be the extreme, right? A 1,000-grain mm -hmm. era is not – in theory, should penetrate mm -hmm. better, but it doesn't, right? Yep. So you got that, you know, that, that that same thing, you know, the greater penetration potential from, you know, that that fissure because of the mass alone. And that's what we're always being told. You know, you've got charts that say, oh, it's all about aero mass. Then you got charts that say it's all about energy. Then you got charts that's all about momentum. And in all honesty, you kind of got to put all three together. It's not one independent of another. It's all it all comes together. But once you start getting to that real extreme, extreme, you know, ends of aero mass kinetic energy velocity like a lot of other little things start showing up going on there so you know take a brick and throw it, it yeah that's that's a heavy arrow it's going to break bone it's got a lot more potential in a sense to break bone because of the hard impact versus a light arrow think of a pine needle in a tornado is going to zip through sure is it going to break that bone no it's going to put a little pinpoint hole in it versus you smack an elbow smack your elbow on a brick wall it's going to break that bone yep and so that, what would you say, I mean, well, actually, let, let's get into kinetic energy and momentum for a minute, mm -hmm. um, because some of the some of the guys listening, you know, are going to be new to this whole era thing. But but tell us, walk us through kinetic energy and how that equates to era setup. So with your bow, you know, your bow stores a certain amount of energy and it transfers that energy to the arrow. And then that arrow will have a certain amount of energy, the kinetic energy in flight once kinetic energy is gone velocity is gone penetration is gone kinetic energy it possesses kinetic energy the entire time so it also has momentum you can't have kinetic energy without momentum you can't have momentum without kinetic energy and a momentum is just telling us how hard it is for something to change direction and you know penetration is technically a direction but that's kind of been clouded in a sense where it's like oh well to get more momentum more momentum is gonna be harder to stop well we've done the test We've matched the momentum. We're, we're not seeing, it's not momentum. You know, it's not, there's nothing that's one independent factor. However, talking to people like Dr. Jared Spencer, Dr. Stephen Bless, these guys are experts or physicists. They tell you that penetration is based on energy. The more energy you have, the more penetration potential. So, you know, trad bows, low energy setups. And that's what, you know, Dr. Ashby did a fantastic job showing you don't have a lot of energy. How do you, be more lethal, change a broadhead, put more and more mass on it. Because again, recurves are inefficient. They don't transfer energy because they store energy to the same. They don't transfer energy like a compound does. They don't store as much as a compound in some situations. So you're going to get more out of that compound because if it was momentum and mass and those things would be all we ever need to hunt with. They'd be out penetrating your setup every single time. Right. We don't see that. You're not going to see that. So you want to increase your energy, you 
when you add mass to any bow, you get a little bit more energy out. It makes the bow more efficient. So that's why, you know, they say, oh, well, you've increased the momentum. Well, you can't give a, uh, a bow doesn't make momentum. A bow is a kinetic energy device, a spring. Right. It stores energy. It transfers energy. It doesn't go, oh, I, I can store 0.7 momentum and transfer 0.5. I don't work that way. Yep. So it's energy. It's a combination of it's a combination of momentum, kinetic energy, and and you you have to find the fine line for what you're hunting and what you're wanting to accomplish. Absolutely, because physics will tell you, you know, when when you match momentum, so you have two different arrows and they have the same momentum. Well, one of them's going to have a whole lot more energy than the other one because it's that's built off of velocity. And Ashby has talked to about, you know, you build momentum via mass or you can build momentum via velocity. So you can do it one of two ways, increase your draw weight or, or change your bow or increase your arrow mass. You're going to get more energy out of that bow. But they look at it as well, it's, you're increasing your momentum. Well, you are, but you're, you're, also, you're also increasing your energy. You're increasing your energy. And you're, and again, increasing your mass, you're going to reduce your velocity. So that time to target, that flight, the trajectory, all of that comes back in. Yeah. So, you know, you can... I've got a 1900 grain arrow down in the shop and they shoot that with a compound scene. I think that boat kicking back in your face is, is crazy. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to get the 22,000 to 2,500 just, uh, just because Eric's I've also got a older low poundage bow. I'm curious if we can get to the point where having too much arrow mass is a bad thing where you start seeing string derailment cables, breaking strings, breaking. Cause that's a lot of, mass to get going forward oh absolutely right yeah and i'm sure there is just like if you go the other way you know if, if you get down and i don't know if you've tested these but you you get down to ibo weights you know that that are just extreme light arrows uh you know what in, in your in your testing what have you found is is too fast or too light so there, there's you know We'll kick back real quick. So with the energy, you know, noise and vibration out of your bow is wasted energy. So there's another plus for the heavy, heavier setup. Your bow's quieter. That's always a plus. We're trying to make a quieter bow for hunting. Um, when you go to a lighter arrow, your bow's a lot louder. And then everything in flight, you know, is affected. That has velocity. If it's in flight, projectiles in flight, it has drag. So the faster it's shooting, the more drag it's going to have, which means it's quicker. It's going to kind of slow down thing. So when you get too light, you start running those issues with a lot of guys tuning fixed blade heads for 50, 60, 70 yard shots. Because it, it's a lot of drag on that. It's going to cause, we all call it the broadhead planing off and uh, it just won't fly right. Well, a lot of guys that went to a heavy arrow because well, I, I shot fixed blades, but they were just all over the place. Because you're too fast. You, you are. And uh, they go to a heavy arrow. I'm like, oh, wow, look how much better they're flying. Well, you slowed them down. Yeah. They're going to have less drag. They're going to behave a little bit better. Um, but going too light, you know, same token, I'm not big on the super light IBO for hunting in a sense, because again, your bow is going to be loud, but also just from a shop standpoint, you shoot a very light arrow and especially a compound bow over and over. It's very violent when you're on your cams, your limbs, it's not going to blow up on you right away, but you know, shoot an IBO, arrow or go below that and just shoot 100 arrows a day you're going to go through strings you're made fracture a limb your cams like it's a very violent 
motion, that bow going off when you don't have a whole lot of mass, which is why dry fire, we know, blows nowadays will either derail, snap, cams bend, limbs. It, it's, you just don't know. Yeah. What would you say, let, let's talk about threshold here. What, okay. what, what would you say is, is too light, too fast? And let, let's equate that to, to whitetail again. Okay. Um, so what would you say is too light, too fast? Um, that one, again, you know, your, your distance is a big factor in determining light, like how light, how fast you kind of want to be. But I look at it also from a tuning perspective at the same time, too fast, harder to tune. But for whitetail, I mean, honestly, you can't be fast enough. We're trying to, we're trying our best to beat that reaction. We're never going to do it. Can't do it with crossbows. And that's, those are cooking, but we're trying to get that speed up there. And I know a lot of the magic numbers are around that 280 foot a second. Um, and from what I've found with a bunch of my different setups, that 260 to 280 range is a really more like two, yeah, 260 to 270 is a real forgiving velocity. 250, you can kind of go a little slower. Um, that 270 to 280, most of your um, main store fixed blade broadheads, like a muzzy and all that, they'll, they'll behave pretty well. You get above that 290 realm you start having some some tuning issues so to get that happy medium i'd say for the guys that uh, hunt north carolina or the guys that hunt montana if you can get in that 250 and that's at the low end and again those are the folks that are probably shooting only 20 yards i'm fine with that but 250 to 280 range it really kind of tends to work well in that white tail distance for most guys out to 40. Um, you started getting slower than that. And again, we know guys are successful every year with a gosh are successful with that every single year, yes. but getting that velocity up there, I've noticed for me, my margin of error when I'm misjudging, just shooting in the backyard, shooting random distances. If I'm in that 265 to 275 area, it seems to be a very forgiving area for me personally. Yes. So yeah. I'm like, I can misjudge a little bit. I'm like, man, I'm still stacking them. Yep. <laughs> this is awesome. And I've shot 235 with compounds and heavier stuff. And I misjudged a little bit. And I'm like, man, like, I'm just wearing myself out here. So two, 250 is kind of, wouldn't want to go much slower than that. And, you, you know, like, like I shoot like 295, 300, but I'm mm -hmm. shooting a mechanical head. And, and the reason for that is because I can shoot the same pin from zero to 30. And right. accuracy always wins. Yeah, and I, I don't have to think then, right? I get in the stand, I range a tree 30 yards. If he's inside that tree, I, I don't have to think. I'm top pin all the way, good to go. Um, and, and, and that's controllable. What I have found, it's controllable for my setup, you know, which is a 475 grain era mechanical hit. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what, what I have found is when you start getting north of that 305, even with, a mechanical head. Now I know there's guys like, like Tim Gillingham and some of these guys that are shooting 320 and perfect form. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All that. But, but for me personally, hunting situations, when you start getting North of 300, 305, and you're having to torque your bow to shoot around limbs and bend, and you don't have perfect form, which we don't, when we hunt, we don't have nope. perfect form. Then things start getting a little squirrely. Has that been your experience? I've I've definitely seen that, and then my uh, my shop partner Levi Cruz, you know, he's a 31 inch draw length. 
at one point he had an obsession hurricane like 73 pounds or something with that long draw and just screaming fast and even with a mechanical broadhead you start getting out past like that 20 20 30 yard mark even a very aerodynamic mechanical just wouldn't behave because of that velocity being upwards of that 300 foot a second and that's why you know we crossbow guys have a lot of issues with the fixed blade heads because they're what are they shooting now? 400, 500 foot a second. Like, with, a, wow. with a 12 inch arrow. With a 12 inch arrow. I'm like, oh my goodness. That's <laughs> nuts. It's nuts for sure. So velocity, it definitely helps at the same time. Like in your situation too, it can also hurt. You get a little too fast, even with a very aerodynamic and a well-tuned bow, you can run those issues in a hunt setup. Because again, we're, we're not perfect. We are the most imperfect when we're hunting. And again, it's that first error of the day is the one that matters. And you've been sitting for a while. You might not have thrown a few errors before you walked out to the woods. So, and I've started doing that myself recently, just walk out first thing in the morning. That one error is the one that counts. Step out at 60, shoot it. I'm like, yep, that that won't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my my buddy, uh, Bert Sorn, was Sornix Outdoors and, and Sornix uh, – I guess lifting equipment. They build a bunch of gyms and stuff for college and pro football teams. He he started something this summer. I think it started August first. It was shoot for your breakfast. And okay. what you do, you would go to your extreme range, you know, whether that be sixty yards or thirty yards, whatever it is for you personally, and you'd have a, a six inch circle and you would get one shot. You know, your your cold bore right out of the bed, go out like you're hunting. And, and you'd, you'd shoot that first arrow. And if you didn't hit that, that six inch circle, you didn't get your breakfast that morning. So it was shoot for you. It was, it was a really cool movement. We, we got involved with it. A lot of guys were doing it and very, very true. Right. You, you kind of penalize oh, yourself. Yeah. So it's a mental game. And that, that is the most important, right? That first cold bore shot, because that's hunting. That, I'll say that's, that's the dawn of hunting right there. You, uh, if you weren't a good hunter, you better have been a good gatherer. <laughs> uh, you better make that air that you better go shoot your breakfast because you don't shoot your breakfast yep. yeah hey we, we all like berries you know yeah but, yeah I mean, that's a, right. a salad for breakfast i'd rather have, no no yeah Piece of meat. yeah bacon buddy bacon, <laughs> yeah. I want bacon. so what, what would you say for guys that are that are kind of thinking about this and, and want to run the rabbit hole i mean i think it's 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 useful for guys to read the ashby report i think absolutely I, important to to do that i think it's important to watch what the ranch ferry does you, you know we we give him a lot of grief but but you know he he he's done a lot for the sport especially on the arrow tuning and, and and tuning and making sure your your stuff's flying correctly before you go afield i think that's that's important and kudos to him for doing that but um what what would you say for guys that want the ideal whitetail arrow setup and let's just we maybe we can touch on broadheads here in a minute but let, let's talk just arrow weights and arrow speeds where would you put them you know if i'm a new client coming into you to your bow shop with all the testing you've done all the data you've got where, where would you put me i'm hunting whitetail deer i'm shooting from 50 yards and in and i'm going to be hunting whitetail from south carolina north carolina you know, all, all the way out to Illinois. You know, I've got my one-year rut trip. Where, where would you set me up? So I'm a bit of a different 
beast and myself too, the way I look at building stuff. And I'm, I'm going to, you know, give you a mass in a second, but the way I look at it as a, you know, definitely from the Azure reports, building on that structural integrity, but for what you're trying to do, I'm not going to build Buffalo integrity to go hunt a whitetail. Like you, you got to find that balance. But for most guys that come to my shop um, that want to hunt that 40 and under, I look at getting them good premium components, arrows, everything, getting them, you know, really set up to be as efficient as possible from the archer standpoint, not the bow hunt standpoint, the archer standpoint. Um, and typically I'll run most folks a 50 grain, you know, ethics insert or brass insert, or whatever. Yeah. Um, most folks are going to be around that 300 spine arrow for a hunt and set up. You use whatever kind of fletching you want to use thing, 100, 125 grand point puts most people in that 425 to 475 realm. Yep. Um, and that's, that's good componentry. That's, you know, good heads, good errors. The weight just kind of falls where it falls in that 425 to 475 range. And it's extremely forgiving. It's very successful. I know you're, you're right up there at that, that upper, the 475. And when you have a longer draw length, you're going to have a little bit more mass because that air is not cut as short. Sure. Um, so with me at 27 and a half, 28 inch draw, I can shorten up a little bit. Um, but that puts a lot of people's velocity for, I think more of the average nowadays is that 60 pounds, 28 inch draw for, you know, younger males, shorter males, the average newer bow hunter. I've seen them around that 28 inch draw length, 27 and a half. Um, and then poundage wise, you know, I start most people actually to learn at 40, yep. most guys at 40, and they can get to 50 pretty quickly. And then 60 is, you know, cake after that. But that puts people's velocity in that 250 to 280 realm with that 425 to 475 arrow. So it's like that nice little balance for whitetail. Yep. Um, and yeah, it's really where it just kind of ends up thing, just building. And, and it's, it, it, you know, it, it seems like we, we as a bow hunting society or archery society, every five or six years, or, or maybe it's, you know, every 10, we, 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 all of a sudden we reinvent the wheel. You know, we, yep. we, oh, let's, we, we need, I, I'm sure we've gone through this heavy, this extreme heavy stuff for the last, seven, eight years, I bet you the light stuff is coming and it's going to come full circle and it's going to get extreme on the light. And you're going to see guys shooting 380 grain, a total setup and arguing that that's the best thing since sliced bread, blah, blah, blah. It's just amazing how, you know, we, we run that gamut and everybody goes out and tests and changes to that. And then voila, we're right back to that 450 to 490 grain setup with, with, you know, 60 to 70 pound draw weights. It just, it, it, it comes back to that, um, you know, happy medium where everything is, is covered. And I think that's what it is. It's just, it's just history in general. We'll find a older piece of literature or an older way guys used to do things. Cause you know, I'm having nothing but issues. I can't penetrate a deer and I'll go talk to, you know, one of the old timers that was, you know, shooting the aluminum arrows and the muzzy broadheads. And well, he never had an issue with a pass through and he had a much slower bow. So, Oh, it's got to be a heavier arrow. Well, a lot of the guys back then, you know, it's like you, you know, saying going out, shoot your breakfast kind of thing. That's what it was for them. Yeah. Like they had to go make it count. So again, it didn't matter what you put in their hand, like Levi Morgan, no matter what you put in his hand, he's going to get the job done. Right. It's like, but then they'll find that older information out there and go, Oh, well, let me try that. 
and my, my biggest thing is it doesn't matter if it comes in there from me, from you, from Joel, Levi, Ranch Ray. It doesn't matter. Trust but verify. You know, 100%. Take a little bit from everybody. You know, a little bit from everybody. Build your own toolbox for your own success. That's my always my biggest piece of advice. Just don't take what I say for you know for for the gospel. Go verify it. Well, that didn't work for me. Then don't do it. Right, 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 right. Confidence is confidence is such a big part of it. Absolutely. I know uh, Michael Waddell even said that too. You know, confidence kills, and it does. Accuracy always wins. Confidence kills, and that's my big thing when I'm teaching people. The more confident they are in their abilities, the more successful they're going to be when they screw a broadhead on and go try to take a critter. Yeah. yeah. Just, it is what it is. Yeah. And, and, and if you, if, if, if you are so fixated on penetration, then, then you, 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 you want to go a little bit heavier of an arrow, but personally shooting whitetail, I think that's a mistake. A whitetail deer with a well-positioned, positioned arrow Mm -hmm. they're not super hard to kill right no. they're tough animals but that that lung area is big and you need to be able to put one in that lung area and, and double lung them and they're they're going to die quickly oh absolutely and, and that's the thing that again you know going to that if penetration is the game here i mean that recurve traditional stuff why do they a lot of guys use a heavier setup because again you don't have that energy it comes back to the energy you're not going to get a whole lot of penetration, which is why a trad is not going to out penetrate a compound. It's by design. So adding a little bit of mass, like do I shoot a, you know, above that 500 grain mark for the recurve stuff? Yes, but I'm only shooting a 20. It makes the bow quiet. And it kind of one of the things that the arrow weight ended up where it was because I built for structural integrity and it just it fell in that realm. Um, but with modern equipment, we, we've got more than enough energy and that's why people don't think it's energy like well, why are guys on tv still only getting you know six inches in a white tail well it's a living creature you can't 100 say how it's going to react and you take a hard quartering away shot that animal reacts a little bit that arrow could have impacted just a little bit funny just robs it of energy robs it of that penetration potential absolutely like, so you know, I don't think we need to go excessive with modern equipment for penetration reasons on whitetail. Africa, different ballgame. Different animal, yep. Different animal. What if, – if a guy was, was really wanting to get into this, other – you know, follow you on Facebook, follow you on Instagram, you know, follow Joel. Um, what, what are some other resources or books or materials or people you follow – um, you know, where, where guys can really see how, how things are, are from a, from a data perspective, a testing perspective, or are there some tools out there guys could look into to, to really go down the rabbit hole? Because, you know, like you and I, it's a lot of fun to do this oh, test, yeah. you know, so, so are, are there some things out there you would recommend guys pick up and look at? Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, we, we all, you know, put some data out there and stuff while wow, we've got, uh, Eric Newman, PNL testers, puts out a lot of data. He's got a social media, uh, Facebook. He might have Instagram too. Um, he puts out a lot of data stuff. A lot of that stuff is stuff me and you will send him also. And he makes it in those, and Joel sends them too. And beautiful charts. Like, wow, man, that looks nice. Um, yeah, so he, better than I could do. <laughs> yeah, way better than I could do. So he puts out a lot of information. Um, you've got uh, Dr. Jared Spencer. He's on YouTube. He 
he's read the reports himself too. So he actually gives you that physics understanding of stuff. So if you really want to nerd out, a lot of that still goes over my head. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> but he, he you know, again, he's, he's a physics professor. This is his bread and butter. Like I'm looking at your whitetail wall. Like, I mean, I, I've got a couple, they're not in here, but I'm like, again, like whitetail is your thing. Like physics is Jared's thing. Sure. Like, we just like testing stuff. Um, but as far as like data information, I mean, the Ashford reports, there's, there's, there's great information in there. Um, again, always trust, but verify, take a little bit of here and there. Uh, Joel puts out a lot of social media posts of that man will test anything. Go take a cabinet door out of his kitchen and go shoot it just because sure. <laughs> somebody wanted to know what worked. Well, okay. And, and he's got, you know, Joel Maxfield is who we're talking about here, guys, yep. works with Matthews. And he's got millions of dollars of equipment, you know, th through Matthews to, to test this stuff. You know, Zach, what you and I are doing are quote unquote backyard, backyard test. And, yep. and it's, it's a lot of fun, but, but Joel has actual, you know, equipment that, that really can, he, he can do some high end testing. And I know all the other part of that, uh, what is it? High energy, um, yep. high energy bow hunting Facebook, yep. uh, Facebook group, Facebook group. So guys, yep. if, if you, you know, join that, you know, join these heavy air groups, see what those guys are saying and, and, you know, keep as open a mind as you can. And, and I think that's, that's the key, man, is, is to not, not check your ego a little bit and and uh, listen to what everybody's got to say and then exactly what you said trust but verify go out and do your own test and that's again the big thing also looking at all these top guys you know you including the industry you always got to give credit where it's kind of do thing and i'll tell you right now there's probably not a person that i can think of that has actually got people looking at their setup finally trying to improve their ears troy you know the, the ranch fairy he yep. got his YouTube. He got a lot of people looking at their setup. Like, dude, from a from a shop perspective and a coach perspective, that's awesome. Like, you have a huge audience. At least you're getting people to look at their setup. And again, trust but verify. You know, we I've seen guys myself. You know, have shot heavy, and they go extreme, and they go, oh, let me start toning it down a little bit. Like, and then you find that nice little balance point. Well, even, even those guys, you know, they, they started out, you know, if, we, if you go back to some of the early stuff, I mean, I think it was over 700, you know, the oh, yeah. FOC was crazy. Oh, and, yeah. and now you look at it and they're, they're back down to about, you know, what, what, what are they for? Oh, they're, they're what, 550 now? They, they've come all Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, that 525 to 550 realm. Yep. So, and again, hey, you know what, for them, that's a great little balance. You know, and, and a lot of it too, you know, again, uh, I know T-Bone has talked about it also, you know, he's in that 500 to 525 realm. And again, he's kind of like me, he builds from a structural integrity standpoint. So he'll use a outsert system, which weighs more than an insert. His mass kind of falls where his mass falls. Um, excuse me. So everybody's got their own little balance point. And again, uh, Joel Maxfield's wife has piled some critters up and she's, not over 450 i don't think so off the top of my head i think she's close to that 400 grain realm with a mechanical and kills some big critters and, and she's what 50 55 pounds i think 50 pounds yeah 26 inch draw length yep yeah so and again in that eric newman realm with that short draw you know 
He's got he's got to shoot the heavier bows because and that's what it is. You got a shorter draw length. Sometimes you got to pull a little bit more poundage if you want to get that velocity out of it. It's, sure. We're all built different, so. Let's hit on uh, – I hadn't planned on this, but um, we, we got a couple more minutes here. Okay. Let, let's hit on FOC, uh, if, if you will, because, you know, that's a, that's a, big, a big topic. Um, and, and one that – man, <laughs> I haven't seen FOC do jack crap. Um, you, you know, I've, I've tried the, the 25 and 30% FOC to see if it penetrated better. You know, I, I've gotten down to, you know, 10 and I think I'm right around 13, 12 or 13% FOC right now. Mm -hmm. Um, w walk us through your, your, your understanding of front of center. Um, okay. walk us through that real quick. <laughs> Guys, you, so, if you're listening, you, you can't see Zach smiling <laughs> right now, but he's going to grin from ear to ear. So we're, we're going to let him go here on FOC real quick. So FOC or center pressure is just a, is a you know something that long long before a lot of the trad archers they looked at FOC increasing their FOC. Man, my my penetration increased, my my accuracy got better. And um, I'll start with two. You know, Dr. Ashby did it. It's all his reports about FOC, getting that higher FOC and how penetration increased and stuff was more forgiving. And again, it will be in a sense because as you're increasing your FOC, typically you're adding more tip weight. Yep. So that's adding more mass. So again, more mass, same energy. You would think, oh, well, it's because I increased FOC, which in a trad bow that shoots, doesn't have that center shot power stroke going on it. You know, the archer's paradox, you're breaking the air down, making it more forgiving. And as far as for penetration, Dr. Ashby, it's in a report, says you want to see what FOC does for penetration, build two arrows, shoot them in the phone. The one with more FOC is going to out-penetrate, shoot them. And it's in the report, shoot them in the phone. And I've never seen FOC increase penetration when it's the same mass. Yeah. So, again, if it's heavier with more FOC, yeah, it's physics. Right. But right. The big thing with FOC is is flight stability, flight forgiveness, broadhead. So again, are you going to see a huge difference between ten and twelve percent FOC? No, ten and fifteen, maybe a little bit if you start increasing that distance, 50, 60, 70. You know, eight percent, twenty percent with a big fixed head, you probably are going to see a big difference at at distance because understanding your center pressure and your FOC, you're increasing that front of center that Air is not going to want to plane off as much. So you need less fletching in the rear to accurately control what's going on. Um, NASA has a bunch of paperwork about center pressure. And uh, Daryl Barnett, the rocket man, talks about center pressure and FOC and why, again, increasing that tip weight makes things fly a little bit better. So from a, from a flight standpoint, I'm all on board with, getting that FOC up a little bit because most time again you're you're increasing that tip weight or you're changing to a better insert or an outsert component um which is is good it's, it's always a plus there and but I even 10 to 15 percent FOC within that white tail distance I've never seen a, a significant flight difference between you know same mass different FOC same broadhead I, I haven't seen a big difference there um penetration no yeah and, and and that's just it i mean if you take you know if you take two arrows one of them has 
30% FOC, you, you make it 30% FOC. The other era has 15% FOC, but they total error weight is the same and you shoot them into different mediums. I don't see any difference in. I, 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 no, I don't either. And again, I, you will, in a sense, from like a trad standpoint, because again, you know, overcoming that paradox, that arrow is still oscillating and moving in flight. So you increase that center pressure where now it straightens out a little faster. It's going to impact more plumb in a short distance versus impacting like this. It'll actually, you know, they can't see me, you know, my arm's just a wiggling. Right. So <laughs> instead of just wiggling and whopping all over the place, it's actually going to impact like a laser beam. Yep. So then, yes, your penetration is going to greatly increase because that's just wasting energy as the air is just whipping all over versus impacting like a dart. And then everybody goes, well, it was FOC. Well, in a sense, yes, but it's because that arrow impacted true. It's not because it had greater FOC. It's because it actually impacted more stable. FOC does that with trad equipment. Yep. So what, what would you say, you know, again, we keep equating this back to, to, to whitetail. What, what would you see a, uh, say a guy needs to, to, to look at for FOC? What, what range in there would you say they should be? 10 to 15%. And with with most stuff that comes with errors are going you know, to a, a brass insert or a titanium, you know, something a little heavier than just a little 14 grain aluminum insert, yep. you're you're gonna be in that 10 to 15% FOC realm. Yep. So, and again, if you're shooting mechanicals, you're probably never gonna see a flight difference. If you're shooting fixed at distance, you know, past 50, you'll you'll see a little bit of difference. So again, if you're getting that 15 to 20 realm. You know, hey, it's, it's, there's never a drawback in a sense, as long as you're not losing anything, you're just changing out your componentry, you're keeping your mass the same, but you're getting 20% versus 10, then, hey, at distance, yeah, that 20 is going to be a little bit more forgiving with that fixed head versus the 10%. Right. So especially in the wide open, you know, in the timbers, you don't get a whole lot of wind and stuff through it. Yeah, 10 to 15% personally. Yep. Opinion. No, no, I, I, that, that, in, in all my testing, that uh, same thing. Yeah. And so, so to kind of conclude here, man, I once again really appreciate you taking Labor Day to to sit down with us for a little bit, and we'll have to do this again, and maybe we'll get into broadheads next time. I know that's a that's a hot topic, and we can <laughs> definitely oh, get yeah. into that next time. But in, in conclusion, and and correct me here if I'm wrong, but total arrow weight again, whitetail hunting. This is the Mission Whitetail Podcast, so it's all whitetail, whitetail hunting around 450 grain arrow total arrow weight give or take you know up mm -hmm. to up to 490 down to 430 or you know 450 let's just say that yep um you know speed wise that 2 280 is a is a great speed to be and then foc of your arrows that 10 to 15 percent foc w would you say that's a that's you know all those are or is would be the ideal whitetail setup if just just the error specifically we're talking about, I, I'd agree with that. You know, somewhere around that 450 plus or minus, you know, 40 grains either way kind of thing, 10 to 15 percent FOC around that 280 mark, 260, 280 ish. Yep. I, I think it's a very solid balance for whitetail. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much, Zach. We appreciate it. Guys, look Zach up um, on Instagram, Facebook. Give him a follow. He puts out a ton of good information. And that high-energy bow hunting, that's also another really good tool that Zach's heavily involved with. So 
Guys, we appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, we'll bring you the next one in a week and a half from now. So, Zach, thanks again, buddy. Appreciate hey, it. I really appreciate it, man. Take care.